away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jamison Olive here with you as always. We thank you very much for tuning in from wherever you're tuned in, wherever you're tuned in. Good place to start is floridapanthers.com slash territory talk, but iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, those are all places to tune in. Jameson, do all those platforms still exist or are they consolidated? I was now? about to jump in there because they do not. We're, we're not on SoundCloud anymore. We're oh, everywhere but SoundCloud. Now. Everywhere but SoundCloud. So we, the, the clouds have moved yes, out, the skies are clear ago, Many years ago we started on SoundCloud, but then we moved everything over to a new host that does not have SoundCloud. So don't go there. Don't go there, but all the other get, places. You can still get Doug's goal calls on SoundCloud. Those though. are on SoundCloud. Yes, but Territory Talk is not. And you can click my uh, link in my Twitter bio to go to that SoundCloud page. Yeah, if you just want to hear Doug. If you, There's if you, partly cloudy. If We're you not need, mostly cloudy If anymore. you need to hear Doug yelling something and you need that boost during a, a day here in the offseason, it's all there on SoundCloud. You download it, use it as your ringtone. Yeah. Have lots of fun with that. Doug tones. So, Doug tones. <laughs> That could be fun. So all those places I mentioned, Spotify, they make it so easy. That's where I do a lot I like of my Spotify. listening. That, they make guy. it so easy these days. But floridapanthers.com slash territory talk, a good starting point for you uh, if you're new to territory talk. If you are new, welcome in. If you aren't a new listener, welcome back in. And thanks for being here, no matter how many times you've tuned in. We've got an eventful show coming your way, as always, once again. Our chat with Anton Lundell. Uh, before he left town a couple of weeks back, had a chance to catch up with him. So we'll have that conversation coming up in a few minutes. Talked about a lot of different things from his first season here in North America, his first pro season in North America, his first NHL season. He could have been in that Calder Trophy mix had he not missed a little bit of time there due to injury down the stretch. But uh, a great first season for him and one of those guys I know it's a cliche but the sky certainly the limit for Anton Lindell so we'll hear from him coming up in a few moments uh, we will uh, maybe touch on the Stanley Cup playoffs just a, a little bit here in a few <laughs> moments. we'll have some uh, some prognostications later on talking mm-hmm. about some of the potential rookies to keep an eye on young guys to keep an eye on for this Panthers team as we look ahead to the new season coming up later on as well but Jameson why don't we start with the man who is the man of the hour on this episode Anton Lindell we'll have that conversation with him coming up in just a few moments but I think with Anton Lindell and we talked about this a lot on our broadcasts of course he has some flair he has uh, the ability to bring you out of your seat some great offensive skill a confidence about him yes and swagger goes along with it a healthy confidence about him but at the same time I think from a hockey IQ perspective the fact that he seems so comfortable and so confident and has earned the trust from the coaching staff with the defensive side of his game this early in his NHL career. I think that really speaks volumes about the kind of player that he is now and the kind of player that he can become because we know the offensive skills are there, and a lot of times with a guy... Which is what we didn't know coming into the season. Yeah, exactly, and with a lot of guys his age... When they get thrust into the NHL lineup, a lot of times it's the defensive side of things 
that's the work in progress for them because they've been everywhere they've been. They've been relied on so heavily for offensive production. Maybe they haven't been relied on as much for defensive production. In terms of Anton Lindell, uh, he's been everywhere every step of the way, and a big reason he was attractive to Bill Zito and the Panthers when they drafted him is because, as Bill Zito has said before, he's a cerebral player. The way he thinks the game, the way he processes the game, he's – a great two-way center. He showed it as a rookie, and it, again, just shows you, I guess, a glimpse of what is to come for a guy like Anton Lindell. Yeah, and everyone said they knew he was going to be a great player. They just didn't know he'd be that great this season. The, the, the immediate and that well-rounded. Yeah. And that well-rounded, and that, you know, like you said, a player that can be relied upon in pretty much any situation out there. And you mentioned the, the cerebralness, the hockey IQ, and I, I, one thing, you know, fans see that on the ice. They see the smart plays he makes. They see, you know, his good stick out there. They see, you know, how he's thinking the game. They see him on the bench chatting with guys. He got better each and every game. He's learning each and every game. But fans really don't see how smart he is off the ice and how just interested he is in everything. He is tuned into everything. I don't think he ever shuts his brain off. I mean, he's the type of guy where we would do something with him off the ice, whether it's an interview or whether it's, you know, filming a video or something, and then he'd immediately want to know everything about what we're doing. He'd have to know. He just has to gather information constantly. He's he's always absorbing wherever he is, uh, on the ice, off the ice, and I think that's something that's going to make him just that much better of a player, the fact that he isn't just focused on the on ice, he's focused on everything, and I think um, that's just what makes him very interesting because obviously we, 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 a lot of good rookies have come through here. I mean, we've seen Barkov rise, we've seen Huberto Eck, you know, all these guys, Weegs, come through, but Lundy has a certain, like you said, IQ, a certain maturity, a certain swagger. It's a, it's a really interesting combination that he's got going on for, you know, a guy that's, you know, just turned uh, 21 or is he even 21? I don't think he's 21 yet. Is he? I think he just turned 21. Spence turned 21. I don't know if Lundy did yet. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to the territory talk uh, vault here of information, aka Doug's phone. Usually it's my phone. Yeah, usually you're the math department. The numbers but Doug's guy. pulling up the phone here to check how old Anton Lundell is at the time of this episode on a Wednesday here. In Anton early Lundell, June. who we believe to unofficially be the second Anton in the history of the Panthers. We could be way wrong on that. But we, we might think, be wrong. We think he's the second Anton of the we Panthers. We think he's the second. It, he doesn't turn 21 till October 3rd, so right before we don't know an opening, a, a date for opening night, but I'd imagine sometime right before opening night, Big October party. 3rd, uh, he's going to be turning 21. So he accomplished a lot as a 20-year-old. When I was 20 years old, <laughs> the biggest thing on my mind was I was excited that I would, and I always go back to this, I was excited that in the fall... I was going to have a car on campus, Jameson. That was a big deal at Lake Forest College, 30 miles north of Chicago. I was going to have a car on campus in the fall, and I wasn't going to need any sort of special permission from an employer, from somebody in the medical field to make me get that car on campus. It was my right as a junior that I was going to be able to have a car on campus. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to think back, man. The 20-year-old Jameson was, uh, yeah college just chilling trying to figure out life and it's crazy to think I don't think I'd want to go back and watch a whole highlights of me at 20 I don't think many people out there would but Anton Lundell's a guy that can look back at his, his 20 years many years from now and say I mean I was kicking butt at 20 I was crushing it look at me and I think once again you talk about the swagger and the confidence and you and I, you and I had this conversation on an earlier episode earlier this season when he was really starting to take off this year was that right away he was scoring selling you know you know pumping up the crowd and at no point did anyone on this team walk over and say, hey, kid, you know, tone it down. 
cut it back. You got to earn that. We always talk about that. You got to earn that. No one said that to him. They said, yeah, you know, they went and kind of got it. They fed off that. They got fired up with him. And I love, that's another thing that makes this It was all sincere. Yeah. There wasn't, this wasn't a showboating situation. This was a guy who was just confident and looked like he'd, Looked like he'd been and there I love before. That. And I love that. And I love that. I think that speaks to the, the, the culture you have grown here in South Florida is that, you know, that's encouraged. And I love that. And Anton's a guy that definitely benefited from that. I think that helped him, you know, want to score more and do more is the fact that he loved he loves selling. He loves the crowd. Every time he sells, he immediately looks to the crowd. And Celebrate for those of you just tuning in. Yeah, It's a hockey podcast. They know what selling means, I think, at this point. But um, I, I love that about him. But just going to the numbers here for Anton real quick. I think he would have been a finalist for the Calder Trophy had he not been injured and missed some games. So he only played 65 games. But what a 65 games uh, those were. 18 goals, 26 assists for 44 points. That was the fifth most points among rookies in the NHL this year, like I said, given a limited number of games. It was a deep rookie class, too, vying Very. for that for that Calder Trophy. So that those 17 games were enough. It, it was enough to sway the It was. Thing. It was. It definitely was. But fourth uh, in points per 60 minutes. And le- Count Michael Bunning as a rookie kind of threw things off, too. See, I'm not, of, I'm not in the uh, just because he's a certain age, we can't call him a rookie kind of camp I I, I think I think there's a threshold he earned his he had to earn his way up though and I can appreciate that he worked his way through multiple systems to get to to Toronto and I and but on that I'll say I do think there's I I really that the the AHL is a very serious very good league and I think you spend that much time in the AHL you're no longer a rookie you know like you'd disagree National Hockey League the AHL two very very different things and I it all goes back to the you know was was Ichiro too old to win a rookie of the year uh, when he broke in, even though he had played seven years of pro ball over in Japan? I think when you go to that highest level, I think when you're rookie eligible, that's just you're, you're rookie eligible. Uh, and in Michael Bunting, I, I do think that he. I, I Letter can, of the law, I, I agree with you. I appreciate the way that he had to battle and work his way up. But again, even in addition to him, there were. It was a very deep rookie class, as we mentioned, whether you're talking about Trevor Zegras or. Cole Caulfield got really strong at the end, of course. Uh, didn't have the full season he would have liked to have had. Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond. There were a lot of good rookies yeah, that Mo were Sider's, for that award. Mo Sider's 99% chance going to win it because he came in top-pairing defenseman right out of the gate. And, you know, we watch him play. He's going to be a special player in this league for many, many years. But you mentioned all those guys. A lot of those guys were top six guys. You mentioned a guy like – we talk about Bunting. He was right up there with Austin Matthews. All these guys were in very, very big positions to succeed, whereas Lundy was, wasn't was sheltered, but this was a deep team. He, he won that, that third-line center spot right out of the gate, um, and he took it and ran with it. And he did so much from that spot. I think that Marchment, Lundell, Reinhardt line might, might have been my most fun line to watch this season. I, I did love the fourth line as well, the Lomberg, Lois, Duran, and Hornquist. But that's, that third line was just so good good dynamic that there was that game where they all had you know five plus points against the blue jackets that was remarkable but you know lundy yes if we were weren't a good team and he was in the top six he probably would have put up a ton more points but that's once again another perk of being the florida panthers mm-hmm. right now is you can bring in a former first round pick and they can go right into your bottom six and have time to adjust and things like that but the adjustment period was very short for Anton Lundell. Let's not forget, it seemed like right away he was on the penalty kill. Um, second among rookies in the NHL this year in shorthanded ice time. First in takeaways. We talk about that defensive game. Defensive game was right up there. Watching him and Barkov work on the penalty kill was really fun. Yeah, That yeah. was a fun one-two punch there when and they were put together. you could tell how dangerous they were. Yep, and 44.7% in the faceoff dot. I think for a rookie, I'll take that any day of the week. He had some games where he was absolutely dominant in the dot, some games where he looked like a rookie, but overall, tons of potential there. You know, he eventually is going to become a guy that's, you know, mid-50s there at some point in the faceoff dot as he learns not just, you know, how to, you know, play in that situation, but so much of faceoffs is just learning how much you can cheat. 
in today's NHL, yep. and that's why the veteran the guys, guys that have been around a long time know how to do their, it. Their percentage. They increases. know exactly what they can do without getting booted from the circle. As other guys, you know, as you come in, you start to you know play it a little safer before you, you you learn those tricks of the trade. And he'll definitely get those as he goes along. But all the numbers are there for Anton. Like we said, fourth in points among rookies, first in takeaways, second in shorthanded ice time. We could go through the deeper numbers as well, and they're all looking really good. And as the season went on, before he missed that stretch time late in the year. It, it bothered me a little bit that you didn't always hear his name in the Calder Trophy mix when people would talk about the midseason frontrunners yeah. and things like that. And it, it bothered me that he was kind of on the fringe of that list at the time because I felt like there's so much to his game that isn't showing up on the box score. If you're just looking at stats, and I realize there are a lot of – there are a lot of – it's impossible to follow mm-hmm. all 32 teams in depth. There's a lot of surface watching that goes on. With Anton Lindell, the fact that he was, for a big chunk of the early part of the year, he was leading the Panthers in shorthanded time on ice among yep. forwards. And and that's something that didn't show up in the box score every night. When you're getting that kind of trust and doing a good job as a 20-year-old, that speaks volumes. And that right there shows that he's making an impact on games, even if he's not putting the puck in the net. And I'm not sure I can say the same thing about some of the other guys who are leaned on for mostly offensive production. The other thing with Anton Lindell, and I'm not taking anything away from some of these other players. You can they take were, away they, a little they bit. Were, they were thrust into roles, and this kind of goes along with the next point I'm about to make. But Anton Lindell, there's no doubt that being with this Panthers team, his rookie season, that this really helped his development because he stepped right in and he was a part of a team with good veterans and a lot of good players Mm. that was ready to compete and contend. A lot of times when a guy at age 20 is thrust into a regular role – it's out of necessity. And there Barkov isn't came over as top-line center as an 18-year-old and, on a bad team. And there's not a lot of supporting cast around him. Yeah. And you look at some of these, uh, Trevor Zegras, he was, on a, he was a very offensively gifted player that was playing top-line minutes on a team that struggled to score two goals a night. Yeah. And, that's, and he was making a big impact, and he was very noticeable, but that team was very offensively challenged. Detroit, a team on the rise, anybody would tell you that, but they're a team that was very much in transition that nobody expected to contend for a playoff yeah. spot this year. And Mo Sider, of course, played a heavy role playing against the other team's best players, playing over 20 minutes a night every situation because he had to and look good doing it. That's probably why he's going to take home the the honor. Yeah. But the same thing, you look at a guy like like Anton Lindell, and in a in a different, I guess in a different way, you look at a guy like Michael Bunting, not to bring him up again, but to look at a guy like him, he's he's playing with Austin Matthews and he's playing with Mitch Marner and he he has a good skill set that can complement those guys. As long as he gets himself in the right spots on the ice, he's going to statistically yeah. benefit and make an impact because he's playing with really good players, and those are opportunities that weren't there but for we will him with say, the Coyotes we will say once again, though, Lundy, for the vast majority of the season, was playing with some very good players yes. in Sam Reinhardt and Mason Marchment. Yes. But just in different situations, though. Yep. But let's not forget, Lundy also was getting a little bit of time on that second power play unit, but for the most part, wasn't a top power play unit guy like so many of those other rookies were, like you said, on lesser teams where they had to have bigger roles. But overall, I don't think the season could have gone any better for Anton oh, it was great, and I can't wait to see what's what's looking in store ahead. For him. You talk about what's in store. Looking ahead to next season, I think the biggest thing is one: he has a ton of information to work with. Now he's gonna, you know, get closer to having that that NHL frame and that NHL body, that NHL, you know, endurance training that you have to have as you get older, and all these guys learn. But going to next year, there's not gonna be any surprises for him. Like, he, he was on the power play for a bit. He was on the penalty kill all season. He knows how to play five on five. He played against other teams' top players a lot of nights. 
like there, there wasn't anything they held him back from this year that he's suddenly going to dive into next year. It's just everything he did this year will just be ramped up a little bit more. And he and that's as, huge. Yeah, and as I said, I, I think this season, because as under the Dan Rosen rule, we still refer to it as this Not until season, free agency, it's still yeah. going on. The the season that Anton Lundell had, there's no doubt that the group of players that he was able to play with this year, and then the fact that it was a team that had expectations, that was playoff bound all year, there's no doubt that that's going to do wonders for his development because he got to experience he got to experience success in winning and being around a great group of veteran guys. That's going to go a long way for him uh, moving ahead into the future. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Uh, enough of us territorially talking about Anton Lundell. Let's get into our yeah. conversation that we had with Anton Lundell. All right, well, Anton, your rookie season in the books. Uh, I know, uh, obviously, the, the end of it's still pretty fresh here, but uh, when you look back on it, what can you take away from how this first season in North America and in the NHL went? Yeah, I mean, like, when you look back, uh, it was even more that uh, I was expecting. Uh, unbelievable year uh, so much fun and we had uh, such a great atmosphere such a great uh, great things going and like I think everybody in the team uh, is gonna remember this season for a long time uh, we did some incredible things and uh, some new records for sure for the team and organization so that's uh, that was great and uh, yeah as I said like I enjoyed every moment and I'm sure there's so many things you want to work on and you can take from the season, but you had so much immediate success. You put up a ton of points, scored some big goals. Just how much confidence does it give you knowing you showed up and you could do that right away here in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, that was huge. Uh, you know, like when I came, my, my goal was to just make the roster, you know. So when I was able to, to do that and uh, at the same time produce, uh, Play very good, solid game. Uh, get the trust of coaches. You know, like uh, I was just trying to build my game, like step by step, and didn't think too much. But uh, yeah, I mean, what a year! <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a, a great, obviously, a great year full of accomplishments. And uh, a lot of guys, every situation that a guy steps into as a rookie is a, is a different one. And you happen to step into a team that was. A contender, a playoff team, a team that had a, a ton of great veteran players on it. How much did it help your development to step right into a team that was, like I said, a team that was playoff bound, that was, you know, competing for the big prize? Yeah, I mean, uh, you never know before a season how the season like starts and how it goes. But uh, I knew when I came here, like I'm gonna have some good line mates. Uh, we're gonna have some good players in the team and. Uh, at the same time, uh, I was really excited. I want to show that uh, I'm ready to play with the big guys right away. So with all those uh, guys who've been here many year years, uh, it was great to see them in at work and uh, hear some stories, uh, you know, like being around, see how they do the things and uh, the way they, they act and the way they play. This makes us feel old, but you grew up watching Alexander Barkov. That's that's how young you are. Um, what we was it like? Him grow up, I know. Seriously, what was it like just being around him every day? And what'd you pick up from him? I mean, uh, it was huge. Uh, in the start, I was able to 
to learn a lot from Barky, like uh, even small things, how to live. And uh, but I mean, uh, he's such a great player, great person, and we be became good friends right away. So that's something uh, you appreciate it, and he he really helped me to feel comfortable right away and that's uh, I think a big part of uh, my my uh, game this year and you know like I was able to be myself right away. And you got to live with Barky right when you got here before you got your own place. Uh, just any fun stories from that time? I know that was like a, a month or so. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah there's some some couple funny stories. I mean uh, I remember you start uh, you know I was coming home from practice. Uh, I was coming with my own car a little later, and uh, I didn't know how to get into his house uh, <laughs> because uh, I didn't get the key right away. So, so I was uh, knocking on his door outside, and uh, I was not nobody came open the door. <laughs> I knew his home. Uh, went behind his window and like looked. Where, what is he doing? Uh, he was playing PlayStation and like just show like jump out like um, what do you call it like over the mm -hmm. the fence and coming from the back door is open. Uh, <laughs> then I asked him like, "Hey, you want you didn't want to come open the door?" I was like, he was like, uh, "I was busy, had a, more important things to do." <laughs> <laughs> he was he was in the zone. He was yeah, locked in. Yeah, yeah. He, he has some. Um, some intense uh, games going on on the PlayStation. So that's when you're like, I got to get my own place <laughs> after that. <laughs> well, on that, though, I mean, what, what's it been like, Kevin? I know you moved, uh, you told us, lost all us downtown. What's it been like being a 20-year-old a kid on your own in, in, in South Florida? Yeah, it's, it's been fun. I mean, like, as I said earlier, like, the support I've been getting from, from the teammates, my friends, so... Uh, it's, uh, you know, like everything's, I try to do everything the way uh, that it helps me to play and play good, play better every day. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun year. And we've heard some of the guys call you Los Olas. Do you like the nickname? I mean, uh, first I was a Boca when I lived with Barkey and now I'm Las Olas. So, <laughs> well, uh, I will take it. Uh, I don't know if. I like it, but yeah, <laughs> during the season, like, it comes so many nicknames, but yeah, it's pretty cool, Las Holas. <laughs> and kind of going off what Jameson asked there, uh, you know, maybe some of the things that people don't think about when you're when you're a rookie coming into the National Hockey League, obviously you're, you're adjusting and you're learning the on-ice part of it, the NHL game, but also learning your new surroundings, living in a place for the first time. Uh, how much is that connected to – your growth as a player when you when you first come over yeah it's uh i think everything goes hand to hand uh the more you can enjoy like the days away from the rink uh, the, the better you can play i think so uh yeah learning how to live here uh learning how to take care of myself like it's been a, a fun year and a year like i've been learning a lot of stuff on the ice and off the ice too. And now heading into the off season, what's your your off season regimen like? What, what do you, when do you start? What do you do? Do you work with any any any? any I, mean, I can't get this today. Any NH any NHLers? There you go. I messed it up last time too. Do you work with any NHLers during the off season? Yeah, um, I work uh, in Helsinki. Um, I live just outside Helsinki in Espo. So in Espo and Helsinki, I'm gonna be the summer and uh, work out. We have a uh, 
great group of uh, some NHLers and uh, and players from Europe. So we're gonna have a good summer, work hard, uh, you know, and at the same time I'm trying to enjoy Finnish summer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not that much sun as here, but... Uh, some time at the lake, maybe? Yeah, lake or ocean, but some fishing, relaxing, you know, get the, do some stuff you don't usually do during the season. Well, we went to Helsinki a few years ago. Do you ever jump in that pool with the really cold water? Is that something you do in the in the off-season at all or at any time? Because we did it. It was great. We were very proud of ourselves that we were able to do it. It was also in the winter, though. It was snowing. It was, Yeah, it was cold. <laughs> like cold tub or ocean? The, yeah. It was a really cold pool. It was like the downtown sauna area. Baltic seawater. And you, they like, had oh, the yeah. sauna, yeah. and then you jump in the ocean, yeah. Yeah, we do that. That's... Uh, <laughs> That's something what we do, but... Uh, I wish we had sauna culture here in America. We really don't. It's great. Uh, maybe it's coming. <laughs> you got to bring it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that's something we do. We go to sauna, and then we jump in the ocean, swim, enjoy, you know. Yeah, we, we it was it was refreshing. Do you, do you ever eat at the Hess Burger? We won't tell the trainers if <laughs> yeah. you do. Yeah. Once in a while, it's really good. <laughs> we had a good time with that. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Um, Lundy, I got to ask last one for me. Moving forward, uh, your brother draft eligible this year. Are we going to see you in Montreal? Are you going to you going to come for the draft there? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. But uh, we've been. I think we're going to stay home for summer. Mm-hmm. Well, Anton, we thank you very much for stopping by. It's been a, a thrill watching your first season in the NHL. We know you're destined for big things, and uh, we can't s- wait to see you again here very soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, it's going to be fun to get back here next season. Big thanks, Anton Lindell, for taking some time out for us. That was on exit day. Jeez, uh, Jameson, about a week and a half, two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, well, these exit point. day interviews are going to last us pretty much until the draft, I think, which is only, what, three weeks away? So not Yeah, it's going to come quickly, yeah. and that goes back to what we talked about, uh, I believe, month last away. week, that this offseason is just going to go by in the blink yep. of an eye. But Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers, and just a great season that he had. And when you... Again, we talked, we gave so much praise to Anton Lindell, but it's all deserved. And he's a joy to talk to, a joy to watch play. And safe to say, we're not breaking any ground here, but he's he's going to be a very special player. And I know that uh, a guy Panthers fans can't wait to see his continued development because he already looks the part. And he's got the greatest mentor in the world in Alexander Barkov, who we talked about there, that, that mm-hmm. fun story with him getting locked out. It's pretty fun. Um, I, I, some info on the loss, a loss nickname. I wonder if that's going to stick next year, but it seems like the guys really enjoy that. We heard that a lot throughout the locker room this year. Was uh, A lot of guys got nicknames. Carter Hagee has more than anyone, but loss, loss for Anton Lundell stuck. It seemed like it seemed like guys really used that, but great to talk to Lundy. Like you said, just one of our Do favorite have, guys to talk any to. Any streets that were named after? I'm going to start calling no. you Commercial Boulevard. Commercial Boulevard? You can, you can be a Knob Hill. Hiatus. <laughs> Hiatus. <laughs> Flamingo Road. Um, but just kind of funny thing about Anton is one thing I didn't bring up, but I won't get into the full story, but I got stuck on an elevator on the road this year with Anton and a couple other people for about 20 plus minutes. Really? Yes. I never heard this. Yes. Um, it was in Chicago. We got stuck on the elevator for about 20 minutes during the regular season. Weeks was also there. A couple other people, our videographer, a couple trainers and stuff. Was, there a, was it a, like a... Was the it was time like an of elect- the essence. It was like an electrical elevator, so I think it just like had a little malfunction and had to reboot. But the, so you're stuck in an elevator for like 20 minutes, and there's a whole story I'll get into another day, which of just what happened, and it was hilarious. But one thing I'll say is, 
that man kept his cool the entire time. Oh, some other people getting get a little, flustered. It's getting a little flustered, a little claustrophobic. Anton just there the whole time. <laughs> Give him credit. He was just just a rock. He was a rock in that group, and that's why I say if I ever get stuck on a desert island, I'm bringing Anton Lindell. And you feel like Keeps he's steady head. He's one of those. You know what that tells? That means he. And that shows you why he's a good two-way player, and he understands the defensive side of the game leading to offensive chances. He trusts the process. And he knew ha- there was a process in play, and eventually And about halfway okay. through this ordeal, he, he just whipped out a water bottle and asked if anyone wanted any, anyone want any he's water. He's resourceful. Resourceful. He, he, he's everything. Anton Lindell made a big impact as a rookie on a veteran-laden team this year. Is there another youngster, maybe, that you're keeping an eye on or two as we move into next season? Obviously, with every new season comes at least one. One roster spot or two that can be up for grabs, whether it's up front, uh, on the back end, lots of different things that can happen. And just from the perspective of you want to make sure that you have depth, even if a guy doesn't stick on the NHL roster right out of the gate, you want to make sure there's depth within the system because over the course of a year, you're going to need much more than the opening night roster in order to have success. Is there somebody you expect to, uh, whether it's right out of the gate or over the course of the year, make an impact? Yeah, so we were, we were talking about that, and obviously we'll get much more into this as we get closer to the season. But and I'd it, imagine we might even have just, a Panthers pipeline or yeah, two. Yeah, definitely some Panther pipeline podcast. Stay tuned. You'll have those on YouTube as well as uh, audio. We're working on recording a couple more here the next couple weeks. But I think you look at, obviously Charlotte had a great year. They won their division. A lot of you know talent we saw in Charlotte. We saw a couple guys come up this year, make an impact. Um, a couple guys are going to be graduating from juniors to the pros next year, joining Charlotte. Um, but like you said, every year there's a guy that either surprises and gets a ton of playing time, or maybe a guy that just you know jumps a guy on the ladder and moves a bit closer to becoming that that first that first guy called up that then plays you know x amount of games in the NHL. But because we were talking about Lundy, who had just had a spectacular rookie season, as well as Spencer Knight, who had a great rookie season, those were kind of the two big splash rookies here for the Panthers. Who's kind of maybe that guy next year to keep an eye on as just maybe one rookie that we think could really make an impact next year? And there's a lot of guys to choose from. And then that's why I, when, you know, the Panthers traded some first-round picks this last year to get guys like Ryan Hart and Sherratt and, you know, Giroux and all these great guys. I, I You know, you look at that and, you know, people said, oh, the Panthers are all in. And I said, no, they just traded some first-round picks. They, their pipeline's strong right now. They got some guys, not only they're going to come up this year, but the year after and the year after. Because they've had some good drafts here, particularly the last two years uh, since Bill Zito got here. I've loved the drafts, the 2020 draft in particular. That's a whole other episode because they've already done so much with that draft in terms of development and asset management. But, you know... Guys immediately looking forward to next year, the guys that have been here a bit, guys like Alexi Hepaniemi, you know, he's played a good amount of games here already, I think a little less than 20 at this point. He looked good in his time up here next year, maybe he finally does make that jump to be, you know, getting, you know, 20, 30, 40 games in the NHL next year, depending on the strides he makes. Grigory Denisenko, injured a lot of this year, I think he only played 30 or so games in Charlotte, but... He looks. Uh, he's been posting on Instagram a lot lately. He looks like an NHL player right now. I love his game. That's a game that I think could fit really well in the bottom six here if it all comes together. So former first-round pick, like what he brings to the table, Justin Sordiff lighting up the WHL this season. He's a guy that's going to make the jump from juniors to the pros this upcoming season. Could he make the jump right away? We don't know. You know, It seems like the Panthers definitely don't have to rush anyone with how good they that's are. That's a luxury they so have. That's a huge luxury, so that's the thing that I don't think they're going to rush anyone, but I think he's a guy that's going to have a really, really strong camp, just given what we've seen from him at his camps here this last season, the rookie camp, and what he's done on the WHL this year. But on the back end, John Ludwig injured a lot this year, um, but he got through that. He's got a ton of potential. Um, Matt Kierstead, you know, it, 
played some games up here for the Panthers already. A lot of guys that could make the jump next year, Doug. But if I'm maybe just picking one guy that I think might squeeze in on opening night that might fit, depending on you know throwing out anything that could happen this offseason, because obviously a million things could happen. But I think Denisenko, I, I, even though he was injured a lot this year, I think he's you know you know gonna make that step it just feels right for him and especially the fact that he could slide into a role in the bottom six where I think he can flourish well that's the thing with him and that that was who I was going to go with I'll name another though just uh, in a moment for the sake of giving us we left out Cole Schwint Cole Schwint Cole Schwint's another guy that I was going to throw on that list but Grigory Denisenko he's got the size and he's been able to get more experience with the North American game if he's able to, like you said, fit in on a on a bot, in a bottom six role with the God given skill that we know that he's got with the puck, uh, that could be a very dangerous element to the Panthers, and especially, uh, you know, it's it's impossible right now to say exactly what spots are going to be available and what the overall personnel will look like come training camp. But I think uh, he's a guy that certainly with the with the attributes that he has in his toolbox he could be a real impact player and if if he can make a splash in the bottom six that means you've got a really deep team yes uh, because he has and the a, panthers a do regardless of what happens this offseason the panthers are gonna have another deep team next yes. year yeah they're gonna have one of the deepest teams uh, in the conference if not the league once again alexi eponiemi you always hear praise about again this goes back to what we were talking about with anton lindell alexi eponiemi with the hockey iq that he has and the yep. way he gets to pucks uh, coaches have have praised that yep. uh, here over the the time that he's you know been able to get his tastes of NHL action, and when you can just make the smart plays and be trusted, that sets you up for uh, a yep. good impact in a in a third fourth line role moving ahead. Uh, Cole Schwint though, uh, I I I've always been a Cole Schwint fan. He joined us on Panthers yep. Pipeline. He was the original. Panthers yep. pipeline guest had a great go great season archives. in Charlotte rookie had, season yeah had a really nice season he's uh, been able to get uh, a couple brief tastes of NHL action so with Cole Schwint plays a north south game I think he can go out there and just make the smart place and uh, big guy yep and he's got the size to go along with it so one thing I'll say is I think we we're talking about this I think all these guys will play at least a game or yep. two next season because you need you a, need you, everybody it takes an army to get it done but I think maybe that one guy that might play. 30-plus games next year, might get you know at least a half-season role, could be a guy like Denisenko. Yeah, I think... And like I said, we'll talk about all this and later I think, on. I think camp. the Denisenko ceiling is very high. Yes. So... But uh, I think he's raised his floor enough now yes. that he could be a you know a, a steady contributor. Yeah, so uh, we'll keep an eye on all of that as we get closer to the new season. Jamison, uh, up against the end of the show, any thoughts here on the uh, ongoing Stanley Cup playoffs? I'm still not tuning in much. If it's a tight game late in the third or overtime, I'll tune in for the, the, the action and the heroics. But I'm at that point now where we had such a good team this year when I watched the playoffs. I just think, eh, we could have taken these guys. You know, we got stuck in a bad spot there. You know, it didn't work out. But you watch this, these teams, and you know the Panthers could hang with any of them. So you just you, it just makes you want another shot more than anything. So I'm saving myself the pain and just saying, you know, I'll, I'll see you in the Stanley Cup final maybe Game three and beyond. I know what you mean. I'm, I'm still, I'm such a consumer, though, that I just can't look away. Yeah. So uh, even even when I say, yeah, uh, you know, I might find something else to do, there I am. I'm still still tuned in. I guess the only, at the time of this recording, uh, the Lightning and Rangers are 2-2 going back to Madison Square Garden. And I will admit, I was watching on Sunday afternoon, and when Andre Palat scored that goal with 41 seconds left, I thought, uh-oh, is, is this where we say look out? Because mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Lightning, for whatever reason, they're pretty comfortable when they are not carrying the play and yep. when they don't have the puck and when maybe they haven't been the better team for a big chunk of a series. 
And there they are, tied 2-2, and they seem like they're getting better as that series goes on. I didn't think the rust was going to negatively affect them, but maybe it did. Uh, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Now, all of a sudden, after having a 2-0 lead, it's the New York Rangers who have uh, the pressure uh, on them a little bit more. We'll wait and see how things play out in the East. Colorado going to be a tough out, no doubt about it, in the Stanley Cup final. Um, They are – we'll see how things go in net with them. It's Mm -hmm. uh, As far as the goaltending matchup, uh, it's it's a very high-octane offense that's had to deal with some injuries. The jury's out. We'll see if whoever's in net for Colorado has the ability to beat Either Eastern Conference goaltender, four out of seven games. But uh, congratulations to Katie Goss. We'll see I if was that addition say, I was to the say, Avalanche can put them over the top. Yeah, you might not have Nazem Kadri for the entire final, but they, they loaded up. They brought in Katie Goss. Um, big congrats to our, our longtime friend and you know content contributor here at Territory Talk, Katie Goss. Friend of the program. Friend of the, pro- friend of the program and also in the real world, Katie Goss. Uh, getting a great job with Altitude Sports out there in Colorado. She'll be doing hockey. She'll be doing golf. She'll be doing some radio, some TV. She's doing a lot of stuff out there for uh, for the Avalanche. So, you know, big shout out to Katie. You know, congrats to her. I'm happy we only have to face her twice a year. Uh, can't wait her for her to visit next year. Can't wait to go out there and see her next year. Um, so, yeah, just huge shout out to Katie Gauze. Wish her all the best. Congratulations to Katie. And I got to say. We might like, have to get her on next season when we play the Avalanche. Uh, yeah, she'll be uh, she'll be a guest yeah. on the program. <laughs> Friend of the program, guest on the program. Uh, and I got to say, uh, congratulations to Katie. And she's joining a, a team out there. One of those teams around the league. And this, I'm going to be coming up on my 15th year working in this business. And in multiple leagues with multiple teams. And it all started going back to when, when I was working in the American League. We were a Colorado affiliate when I was in Cleveland. And... So I was able to, to get to know a little bit some of the, the Colorado people. They're one of the, if I had to go around the league, one of one of my favorite uh, I, units, you call them units, uh, front offices, group, groups of personnel mm-hmm. to work with. That is a, that uh, the avalanche from the broadcasters through the PR department, that's a group of just really solid people that I've gotten to know over the years. And Katie's just uh, another person who's mm-hmm. another solid person joining that mix of, uh, of people who are not only uh, good at their, at their work, but good people as well. So, uh, so, again, all the best to Katie Gauze moving ahead in her time with the Colorado Avalanche. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers, presented, as always, by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Thanks to Anton Lindell for joining us. You heard that conversation just a little bit ago. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in, whether it's your first time or your 200th time, or if you've been on for every single one, we thank you very much for being on board with us wherever you find your podcasts. You can find Territory Talk new material each and every week. It may be the off-season, but Territory Talk never goes away. Jameson, about a year from now, what do you think? Should we do this show live from Azerbaijan, from the Grand Prix? If it's at the same time. Is it going to be at the same time? I don't know. The schedule changes every year, so it might not be. Maybe it won't be. But... It's a possibility. We'll do it live. We might be coming to you live from the, the banks of the Caspian Sea <laughs> in a year uh, if we are uh, if we are so fortunate. If uh, or I mean, the budgets are due right now. We submitted some money for a private jet, so we'll see if we get it for territory talk. Probably have to stop for gas someplace. <laughs> I'd love to go to that race. Anyways, folks, we will uh, talk to you next time. I'm Doug Plagans. He's Jameson All. This is Territory Talk. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.